This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati amalina. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. Come to a critical hadith that has to be understood the correct way, not too far to the right, not too far to the left. The people of a tasawwuf, the people of negligence, they go too far. So we have to be balanced, and something you have to know. Throughout your life, we have three narrations. Both of all three of them are saying the same thing. The first hadith is the hadith of Anas ibn Malik. May Allah be pleased with him. Who said a man came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said, "Ya Rasulullah, my camel. When I dismount, should I just leave my camel and then have a tawakkul?" The hadith said that the Prophet says, "Sallallahu alaihi wa ala alihi wasallam, aqilha wa tawakkul. Tie it first, and then have a tawakkul. Tie your camel." That hadith is a hadith that has problems in the chain of narration. And Imam Tirmidhi collected hadith that hadith, and he himself pointed to that it's not authentic. Some issues with it. And Imam Yahya bin Ma'in said that it's a munkar hadith. The next hadith in the Bab is similar to that. It's collected by Imam Ibn Hibban and Imam Al-Hakim and Imam Al-Bayhaqi in his book, Shu'bul Iman. On the authority of Amr ibn Umayyah, radiyallahu anhu, who says something similar, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa told people to... Kayidha wa tawakkul. Kayidha. Tie the thing up. Tie your camel up. And then have a tawakkul. That hadith, all of the narrations have problems in it and with it. But with the many narrations, inshallah, it goes up to the level of being hasan li ghayrihi. So it's authentic. Each individual hadith is problematic. But combined, inshallah, the hadith goes up to being authentic. The third hadith that the Sheikh, the Mu'allif, brought, Rahmatullahi alayhi, a similar hadith, Abdullah ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, said the same thing that the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tie it, and then have a tawakkul. So the hadith is authentic. And it is a hadith that points to the important ibadah of al-Islam. The worship of a tawakkul. It is a tremendous ibadah that has a lot of benefit connected to it. So we have individual ibadat of al-Islam. All of them are important. Like 
السجده السجده اقرب ما يكون العبد من ربه وهو ساجد فاكثروا الدعاء the closest the slave is to his lord is when he's in prostration so when you go into prostration make dua to allah the man say ya rasulullah i want to be with you in the jannah i'm asking you he said ask me other than that he said no that's what i want can you help me he told the man help yourself bi kathratis sujood make a lot of sajda sajdan your salat sajdan your tilawa sajda to shukr when allah bless you with something that's ibadah reading the quran is ibadah fasting is ibadah sabr is ibadah al khawf from allah is ibadah having al khashya from allah inma ya'muru masajid allah man amana billahi wal yawm al akhir wa aqama as salat wa ata az zakat wa lam yakhsha illa allah فَعَسَىٰ أُولَٰئِكَ يَكُونُوا مِنَ الْمُهْتَدِينَ Verily those people who should take care of the masajid, spending their money, cleaning it, guarding it, taking care of it, are those people who believe in Allah on the last day. And those people who do salat. And those people who give zakat. And those people who fear Allah. They have khashya, ibadah. Those people have been described. It may be that they'll be from those who are rightly guided. So from those ibadat, ikhwani, we want to remind you of here today, in this hadith, is the ibadah of at-tawakkul. So we're sitting in the audience right now, people are trying to get married. They don't know if it's going to work or not. They're seeking and trying to get married. They're in the middle of it. They don't know if it's going to happen or not. People are looking for jobs. People have been unemployed since corona. People are in debt. People are sick. And they make themselves even more sicker by worrying, having al-ham wal-gham. But if you utilize the ibadah of al-tawakkul, tremendous benefits. Having al-tawakkul will insha'Allah secure Allah's love for you. Inna Allah yuhibbul mutawakkileen. Allah loves those who have al-tawakkul. He has intelligence he has people that he knows he trying to make moves but before he makes all of those moves he makes that secondary the primary issue with him is i rely on allah because he believes ma sha allah kan wa ma lam yasha lam yakun well allah wants it is going to happen and what he doesn't want is never going to happen he knows that so he has a tawakkul from the benefit of a tawakkul and it shows us It is ibadah and it's one of the most important ibadat is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought the Qur'an with many ayat, commanding. As Allah ta'ala said, فَعْبُدْهُ وَتَوَكِّلْ عَلَيْهِ Worship Allah with ibadah and have a tawakkul. Tawakkul is ibadah. Like salat, fasting and all of that stuff. He, tabarak wa ta'ala mentioned, وَتَوَكِّلْ عَلَى الْحَيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتُ Let everybody rely on the one who is al-hay. Allah doesn't die. He is living and he doesn't die. You rely on somebody else, they'll fail you. They may get it right, they may not get it right. They may be there and they may not be there. As for Allah Azza wa Jal, he's always there for you. So he commanded, rely on al-hay, al-ladhi la yamut. He doesn't die. He won't let you down. All of Bani Adam together 
can let you down. And many of them will let you down during, during the course of your life. From the benefits of a tawakkul is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it a condition of al-iman. Not only is it a condition of al-iman, it's one of the higher, highest maratib of al-iman. It's one of the highest signs that a person is a mu'min. So it's a condition if you're a real mu'min. As he mentioned in the Qur'an, meaning have reliance on Allah if you people are truly believers. So it has a lot of benefits. From the sunnah, لَوْ أَنَّكُمْ تَوَكَّلْتُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ حَقَّ تَوَكُّلِهِ لَرَزَقَكُمْ كَمَا يَرَزَقُ الطَّيْرِ If you people rely on Allah, the true reliance, He is going to provide for you the same way He provides for the bird. The bird goes out and flies out of his nest early in the morning to look for food, and he's hungry. And because that bird has a tawakkul on Allah, it comes back after Allah gave it food. And that's what the Imam read today in those ayat from Surah Maryam. That everybody is going to come to Allah as an abd. That Allah Ta'ala is the one who provides for everyone, everything and everyone. Concerning the issue of a tawakkul, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Ala Alihi Wasallam, he brought that Quran that told us, Whoever relies on Allah, Allah is enough. And many other ayat. Concerning the issue of a tawakkul, and this is important because a lot of our community members are dealing with a ruqya, and we're always looking at people and asking people for ruqya. I don't know how many calls I get, people asking me, do I do ruqya? Do I know people in Birmingham who do ruqya? Yeah, I do ruqya. I'm myself. I do ruqya. I'm my wife. I do ruqya. I'm my children. But I don't do ruqya for people who come and ask me for ruqya. I know people who do ruqya and they take money from you to do ruqya. But I'm not telling you who they are. I'm going to tell you. Do ruqya on yourself. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there will be 70,000 people who will go into the jannah. And they'll go into Jannah Yomul Qiyamah without any punishment. And they won't be asked about why did you do this and why didn't you do that? No questions. The companion said, who are those people, Ya Rasulullah? He said, هُمَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَسْتَرْقُونَ وَلَا يَتَطَيَّرُونَ وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ They are the people who have these qualities. They don't ask other people come to Ruqya Ami. What are you asking that for? Who doesn't know? Surah Al-Fatiha, which the Prophet said in itself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is a ruqya. Who doesn't know Surah Al-Fatiha? Ayatul Kursi. The last two or three surahs of the Qur'an. Who doesn't know that? Who doesn't know that? Even in those ayat like Qaf, Ali Flamin, those are ayat of the Qur'an. They're from the Qur'an. So they're the people who they don't ask other people to do ruqya for them. And also, they're not superstitious. They don't wear the same t-shirt when they go out to play soccer. They think the t-shirt helps them to win. They don't do stuff like that. They don't look at birds and the way the birds fly, the color of the birds are a good omen to him, an indication it's going to work, it's not going to work. They don't do that. They don't have tamimas, ta'weed, none of that nonsense. And the third thing, they rely on Allah. 
So from those three things, at-tawakkul, all of that is important. A lot of things can be said in the way of at-tawakkul. Some people came from Yemen and they were Muslims and they came to perform the hajj during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. From Yemen they decided amongst themselves, we're not going to bring any money. We're just going to rely on Allah, tawakkul. We're not going to save our money. We're just going to get on our camels and our animals. We're going to walk. And when we get there, wherever the food comes from, that's how we're going to get down. When the Prophet heard about that, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Quran was revealed. وَتَزَوِّدُوا فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ زَادَ التَّقْوَى وَاتَّقُونِ يَا أُولِ الْأَلْبَادِ Allah commanded us in this ummah, تَزَوِّدُوا Bring your food and bring your provisions. Don't take a trip like that. Bring your food, bring your provisions, make a way for your trip. Don't be one of those people, the brothers are going to go to London, and on their way to London, there's going to be a big conference there. And he goes with zero. If he decides to do that, he has to tell his ashab, I ain't got nothing but a donut. And I don't mean a donut that I'm going to share with you. I ain't got no money. Don't go there talking about, I'm just going to take from the people. We call that in America, a bum. So we have to take care of tying our camels. Now listen, Ikhwani, today is one of the last days from the blessed month of Rajab, a sacred month from the four sacred months. Many things have been mentioned in the Quran and Al-Islam about taking precautions, putting your seatbelt on and driving according to the law. All of that is a tawakkul, taking precautions. We have something that's called Salat al-Khawf, where if we're afraid the enemy is going to get us, half of us will pray and the other half will hold our guns to protect those who are praying. They pray one rakat with the iman. After they finish, we pray with them and they hold their guns looking for the people to protect us. In Al-Islam, we don't throw caution to the wind and say we're going to pray Allah is going to protect us. Allah is going to protect us. You better lock your door. You better lock your house door. It's always a mistake waiting to happen, a catastrophe. Someone walking up and down your street, a crackhead, a crackhead, and he goes into somebody's house, and then there's a big problem. You better fix that back door and have a tawakkul. Allah Ta'ala commanded us in this religion, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu khudhu hidrakum fanfiru thubatan awanfiru jami'ah Oh, you who believe, oh, who you believe, take your precautions. When you go out and fight, you go out all together if that's what's needed. All of us at the same time. Or go out in groups, depending upon what the situation requires. Yusuf, sallallahu alayhi when his brothers went to their father to tell him, we have to go to Egypt in order to try to get our brother. We want to get him. He's there. He said, okay. When you go, go in different doors when you enter into the city. Don't all of you go into the same door. Don't go into the same door. Even a Kufar, when it comes to war, when people are walking, they tend not to be walking bunched up together so that if something happens, everybody get got at the same time. Got to take precautions in our religion. 
Today being the month of Rajab, the 28th of Rajab. These are the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and some of the ayat that have been revealed. But Rasulullah used to do the same thing. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I'm sure that you know. Some of the Muslims have introduced in our religion in this blessed month things that they had no authority to do so. Some believe that the month of Rajab is the month in which Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj happened. There's no delay on that. Maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. But to come up and to introduce these prayers, Salat al-Raghaib is not permissible. The first Thursday night, we do this. The first Friday, we do that. The first Monday, the last Monday of Rajab, we do this, we do... That's not from our religion. But in the Isra wal-Mi'raj, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam, he got on the barak. Some narrations said, ruwiya. Some narrations said, when Jibril brought him the barak, Rasulullah got on it and the barak started bucking. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was on top of it. Some of the narrations said that, Jibril said to the barak, uskun, take it easy. Allah to stay, you're not shy. The one who's riding you right now is the best one who ever rode you, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That narration seems like it came from the people with Tashayyur, who added a lot of khurafat and kithib and shirk in the story of al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. But what is authentic is he said, I got on that barak, and when I started going on that barak, he saw a lot of things. The great scholar of Islam, al-Imam ibn Hajr said, had a normal man had to go through what the Prophet went through, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in that incident, he wouldn't have been able to handle it. He wouldn't have been able to handle it because of all the stuff that he saw and all of the things that happened. From what happened, Jibril came and opened up his chest and took his heart out and washed it with the water of Zamzam and Iman. Why? Preparation for the trip. He's getting ready to go up in the sky without an asking chain, without a no, serious trip. He said, when I was traveling, I saw Musa praying in his grave. And many things. When I arrived at, at, at Beit al-Maqdis, I was Beit al-Maqdis. When I arrived at Beit al-Maqdis, I took the barak and I tied him onto the post. I took the barak and I tied him onto the post. Which is the delil that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the issue of al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, it was real. It wasn't in his dream. He's on that animal. He's tying that animal. He mentioned the narration, that was the post that the prophets used to tie their animals on that post. So taking precautions is the sunnah of the Anbiya and the Rasul. Yes, they did some miraculous things where it appears that they didn't have a tawakkul, but Allahu Ta'ala was divinely guiding them. The man from Bani Israel who borrowed a thousand dinars from another man and he told him Allah is a witness and Allah is the guarantor. And the man gave him the money based on that. He didn't write it down, didn't take any witnesses. He said, take the money. When that man wanted to pay him his money back, he couldn't find any ship to take him. He put that money in some wood 
and threw it and said, oh Allah, that man gave me this money and he asked for you to be, he asked me for a witness, I said, kafa billahi shahida. He asked for me for a diamond, someone will guarantee, a guarantor. I said, Allah, and he, he did that for me. Oh Allah, get this, get this money to him. And he threw it in the water. That hadith is authentic, but I don't advise you to do that, especially if you owe me money. Don't throw no money that you owe people in no water. Don't do that. You're going to go on top of the building and throw the money in the air and say, Allah, you're in charge of the wind. Send these riyalat and send these pounds to the brother's house. I want to ask you, can Allah do that? Yes. He could send birds along and they take, and they, he could do that. But is, is that what we've been commanded to do? You better take that money and bring that man his money. So the prophets and the messengers and the awliya of the Quran and the sunnah who did these miraculous things, that's not for you and me to do. You'll be blameworthy if you do something like that. So as it relates to the Nabi of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I went into the masjid and baked al-maqdis and I prayed two raka'at. Salat wasn't even wajib upon him yet. The salat didn't become wajib upon him until... He went up in al-miraj, but he prayed two rakat. With the delil, the importance of the two rakat. إِذَا دَخَلَ أَحَدُكُمَ الْمَسْجِدِ فَلَا يَجْلِسْ حَتَّى يُصَلِّ رَكَعَتَيْنِ If you come into the masjid, don't sit down until you pray two rakat. Greet in the masjid. That salat is wajib upon you. Like the five prayers, like Juma, like the Eid. That salat is wajib. So someone say, nah, there's a hadith. Allah has made wajib five prayers in a day and night. Yeah? Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Nishat. Juma is wajib. Eid is wajib. This salat is wajib. If you made an oath and you said, if my wife delivers that baby, wallahi, for the rest of this month, the next month, and the next month, I'm going to pray Qiyam al-Layl. That prayer is wajib now. He said, I prayed, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I looked, and there was Musa praying again a second time. He said, Musa was a tall man, very muscular, and he was brown, like the people of Shunua. He was brown, not a Caucasian, like they show in all these pictures. He said, the one who looked like him was Arwal Thaqafi. He said, I looked, and there was Isa ibn Maryam praying. He was slimmer. He was ahmar. He was red. But the Arabs sometimes call someone who's white red with the reddish glow. He said he looked like so-and-so. He said, then I saw Ibrahim praying. And the one who looks like him the most is me. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Rasulullah turned around. After turning around, all of the prophets and the messengers were standing behind him in one line. There are 120,000 prophets and 318 rasul ajma'in. They were not in rows, 120,000 plus the rasul in one row. In Malaysia, there's a masjid called Al-Istiqlal. It holds 150,000 people. In Pakistan, there's a masjid in Islamabad and in Karachi in Islamabad hold 140,000 people spread out. Imagine 100, 
thousand, one hundred and twenty thousand prophets and messages in the same row. What does the same row mean? La nufarriqu bayna ahadim min rasuli. We make no distinctions between the prophets and the messengers. In one row. And who was the Imam? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who was the Imam al-A'zam, the greatest Imam. Not Abu Hanifa, not al-Imam Malik, not Ahmed ibn Hanbal, not al-Imam al-Shafi. The Imam al-A'zam al-Itlaq is the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now if people say al-Imam Abu Hanifa is the Imam al-A'zam, just giving them respect like Shaykh al-Islam, Shaykh al-Islam. The Salaf did not like these kinds of nicknames for people. Shaykh al-Islam, Tajuddin, Sadruddin, and Imam al-Azam. But if someone says that, just meaning he's a great Imam, we'll say, okay, okay, okay. But it's better to leave those kinds of words. Because some people will follow al-Imam Abu Hanifa and really look at him as the Imam al-A'zam because they'll reject what the hadith said and they'll say and take what the madhab is saying. So taking these few minutes out, inshallah, as it relates to Rajab and as it relates to al-Isra al-Mi'raj, a lot happened during al-Isra al-Mi'raj. Gotta go back, you gotta read it. Aqidah issues, issues of adab, issues of ahkam. From them, Jibril came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he had two vessels. One of those vessels had khamr in it, sharab, alcohol. The other one had milk in it. He said, choose. And up until that point, alcohol wasn't haram. Muslims were drinking alcohol in Mecca. At that point, it wasn't haram. Alcohol became haram after they made the hijrah. This thing happened right before the hijra. Some scholars said it happened in the first year, some said the second year, some said the third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, after he came a Nibi, but we know that's not true. And that's because our mother Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. She said, our mother Khadija died before the salat was made obligatory. Before the salat was made obligatory, the salat was made obligatory in Al-Isra Al-Miraj before the Prophet went to Medina sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. He said, choose. Rasulullah chose the milk. Jibreel said to him, asabt al-fitra. You got the fitra. You got the natural disposition. Every child is born upon the fitra. The natural disposition to want to do the right thing. The natural disposition to be upright. And, and he's been created to do the right thing if he tries. Whereas Khamar, he described the Khamar as Umul Khabaith. It is the mother of all filthy things. If a man drinks it, smoke crack, smoke weed, drink Khamar, do drugs. If he does that, Rasulullah says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who have relationships with his mother, he can have relationships with his auntie. He can have relationships with his daughter. Does everyone who drink khamar do things like that? No, not necessarily. But when you drink khamar, it makes you not pray. And it makes you a bad individual. Whereas the milk is beneficial. Allah Azawajal mentioned in the Quran, وَإِنَّ لَكُمْ فِي الْأَنْعَامِ لَإِبْرَةِ 
نُسْقِيكُمْ مِمَّا فِي بَطُونِهِ From the an'am, those cattle that have milk. It is an ayah for you people. It's a lesson for you. We give you the milk. We give you. We cause you to drink from what's in the stomach of those animals. And he described the two things that are happening. He said, in the animal is the farf and the dam. In the animal is that purity where the milk is being kept and the blood, the pollutants. But Allah brings that milk out and it's pure and it's clean. Lebanon khalisa sa'irin The milk comes out and it's pure milk and it is beneficial for the ones who drink it. These people tell us you should drink milk every day, especially our Shabbat. So it's from the fitrah. Whereas khamr, it's not from the fitrah. Getting high Shabbat is a problem. Getting high is a problem. As it relates to the issue of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj The Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam Right there while he was in Or on the ground Before going up There are too many things to mention that he did I want to call your attention to Go back and read those narrations Now concerning those narrations The narration of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj Has been collected or narrated by over 20 companions The hadith is mutawatir some companions, they mentioned some things, other companions didn't mention. Some companions mentioned some things first, another companion mentions it happened after. You have those things, but what are you going to do as a Muslim if you don't read about these things? And then the one comes on this internet, or you meet a knucklehead from your relatives, from someone, and they start bringing these shubahat in your religion. Like, I'll give you an example. One narration said that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in his house and Jibril came. The roof opened and Jibril came, washed his chest and all of that stuff. Another narration said he was lying in the hittim. You know what the hittim is? You know how the Kaaba is like this, right? And right there on the Kaaba is the semicircle there. The Prophet was sleeping there. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam One hadith said he was in a house The other hadith said he was sleeping here Which one was it? Was it the house or was it here? So what do we do? We do what Allah told us to do فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask those who know if you don't know Now I ask you what, 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 what should we do? How do we understand this? One of us would say Leave those hadith altogether Just take the Quran and then he becomes a kafir, murtad. He becomes a mulhid as a result of that. But the intelligent one says, let's see what our scholars said. And explaining that, those scholars said, we make the harmonization of the situation. The harmonization is, he came to the house first, washed his chest, took him to the masjid after that, and then took him up, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there's some plausible explanation. And these ahadith, some of them seem to conflict. Seems to. It's your job to go back and read about them and to read of them. Because in this issue, there are many, many issues that people can run you astray off of your deen. So this is what we want to mention about the hadith today of tie your camel, ya Abdullah. 
You want to get married? You want to get married? Tie your camel. Ask questions about the person and ask the people who know that person. You want to get married? Make sure you check the people out as much as possible. When you marry that girl, you're marrying her family. You got to look at all of that. Whatever the case is. You want to borrow money? You better ask about that brother. You want to buy a car? You better ask someone and check that car out. Especially with us living during this time. The time of deceit. Most of what you see is not the reality. I just want to ask, how many of you have brought a car and you got ripped off after buying a car? How many of you? How many of you, every car you brought, you never got ripped off? How many of you never bought a car? <laughs> but, oh, Allah, help them a sad king get cars. Say, I mean, oh, Allah, help them a sad king get cars. It's a lot of people don't have cars. Well, when you brothers start driving and you have to buy a car, those people are playing games. They're lying. They're changing stuff in that car. That's why you can always go on the internet and you can always find out what you're about to buy. You can find things out, what to ask and what to do. Do your homework. If you guys have any questions, you can put your questions forward, inshallah, ta'ala in canon to come shape. Do you guys have anything? Any questions? Father Yahi. The difference between the word tawakul or tawakul and tawakul. Tawakul is the person who throws caution to the wind. He's not relying on Allah, but instead he's being negligent. This is not from our religion. Where tawakul is you make the ittikhaz bil asbab and it's part of al-iman it doesn't go against having reliance at tawakkul you do everything necessary to ensure and to safeguard your decision you go down the right road you drive the right way you don't do things and you just throw caution to the wind you tie your camel literally the way it happened in this hadith any more questions, Akhwani? Good question, Akhi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa and astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.